From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, October 25th. Politically, Moab is a blue dot in a sea of red. The city is split down the middle into two different state house districts. Local officials say this dilutes Moab's voice in the legislature. The state is in the process of redrawing those district lines right now. Sonia Hudson, with our partners at KUER, explains the debate over Moab's representation. A couple dozen Southeast Utah residents filed into a small convention center in Moab earlier this month. They were there to tell state lawmakers how they'd like to be represented. My name is Sam Van Wetter. I'm 27 years old and I live in Moab. Van Wetter is also an organizer with the Rural Utah Project. He's sitting on a black plastic chair in the middle of the room, wearing a white KN95 mask. I just moved between districts last week. My new house is, they're less than a half mile apart, but they're in different districts. You know, it doesn't change my day-to-day all that much, but knowing that just an address change could change who's representing me, it makes our town feel uh, separated out in a way that I think is inappropriate. The Grand County Commission agrees. They sent a letter to the Legislative Redistricting Committee asking them to put Moab into one House district, like it is for the state Senate. County Commissioner Kevin Walker says the split weakens the city's voice. Sometimes our legislators do things for us out of of the goodness of their heart, but they have no electoral reason to do us any favors because they can easily win no matter how people in Grand County vote. Walker says Moab isn't a big enough blue island to flip any of the Republican districts in southeast Utah, even if the city is made whole. No matter how they draw the districts, it's going to be a Republican-dominated state legislature. That's because that's what the population of the state is. So um, I'm hoping that because the stakes are relatively low in that sense, that they can just um, draw districts that make sense for geographic reasons. Drawing districts can be difficult because they all have to have roughly the same number of people. Moab was split in 2011, the last time the state drew its political maps. University of Utah political science professor Matthew Burbank says there are a few possible theories why. Was it broken up simply because you needed to do that in order to get two districts to be about the same size, which is a perfectly plausible part of the line drawing process? On the other hand, if people looked at that and said, aha, that's mostly a Democratic area, let's split it so that there are fewer Democrats in two districts as opposed to being more in one, um, then that has real partisan implications. One of Moab's districts stretches west to Sevier County, a two and a half hour drive dotted with massive red rock bluffs and wide open washes. Grand County doesn't want to be lumped in with Sevier, and the feelings between the two counties are mutual. Tudor Ogden is the chair of the Sevier County Commission. He grew up there on his family's dairy farm. He was at the Legislative Redistricting Committee meeting in the Richfield High School Auditorium a few hours before the Moab meeting. He says Sevier is much more aligned with other nearby counties on things like housing issues. We do a lot of work with the other commissioners in these other counties. And so we, uh, for example, a lot of our housing issues, we have to pool our money together to help with housing in these various areas. Richfield and Sevier County are also a lot more Republican than Moab and Grand County. So where does Moab belong? The Grand County Commission says it should be put into a district with northern San Juan County. Van Wetter, the 27-year-old Moab resident, agrees. 
as anyone who lives here knows, we we are ostensibly the same town. It doesn't feel like you're leaving town when you arrive in San Juan County, um, and we should be represented as such. When you cross from Grand into San Juan, you first encounter the Spanish Valley community. And it doesn't even seem like you've left Moab. But in order to create a district with the right amount of people, you'd have to go further into San Juan County. And the next two closest communities, LaSalle and Monticello, are 25 and 50 miles away from Spanish Valley, respectively. Monticello City Councilwoman Kim Henderson says they're also really different from Moab and Spanish Valley. Moab very much likes the growth that the national monuments bring in and they promote that. But as other rural communities, we've seen how that can negatively impact a community and we don't want to follow suit. Monticello and the rest of northern San Juan County is also super red, both in terms of the sandstone and how they appear on a political map. Republican Senator Scott Sandel is one of the chairs of the Legislative Redistricting Committee. He says it's too soon to tell what will happen to Moab. He says he'd like to put it into one house district. It is a, a very plausible idea, but whether or not that fits in the population distribution in this corner of the state, I think it's probably too early to try to determine that. The legislature plans to hold a special session to pick the final maps in November. Sonia Hudson, KUER News. That story is from our partners at KUER. President Biden's nominee to head the National Park Service faced lawmakers during a committee hearing last week. As the Mountain West News Bureau's Nate Hedgie reports, Charles Sams is on track to become the first indigenous person to lead the agency. Sams said that one of his top concerns for the National Park Service is staff retention. The agency's lost about 20% of its employees over the past decade. Meanwhile, parks like Yellowstone and Grand Teton are seeing a record-breaking number of visitors this year. Sams told senators he would look at improving and expanding housing in the parks for staff to help retain employees. And at the end of the hearing, committee chair and Democrat Joe Manchin said he was confident that senators on both sides of the aisle would vote to confirm Sams. The committee hasn't yet set a date for that vote. Sams is an enrolled member of the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation in Oregon. He's a former tribal official, and he's led multiple conservation groups. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Nate Hedgie. Utah's Hunters Helping Condors program incentivizes hunting with non-lead ammunition to help protect an endangered species of bird, the California condor. Carolyn Long with our partners at Utah Public Radio has more. Condors feed on carrion, including meat from hunted animals, and can develop fatal lead poisoning when exposed to remains shot with lead bullets. This large vulture almost went extinct and has since been reintroduced in several parts of North America, including southern Utah. With only around 500 California condors alive today, reducing lead exposure is crucial to the species' recovery. Jake Richards, a master's student in the Department of Environment and Society at USU, is working to increase awareness among hunters of the importance of using non-lead ammunition. Richards emphasizes that lead poisoning poses a risk for many species of birds, not just the California condor. Very, very big issue in the bird world, probably near the top of the list for most bird conservation organizations. 
Hunters Helping Condors offers all hunters holding Zion permits a coupon for free non-lead ammunition and a chance to win $800 worth of outdoor merchandise if they use non-lead ammunition while hunting. Despite these incentives, Richard says that hunter participation is well below the target of 85%. So we're, we're trying to figure out what type of communication can tap into some internal motivators to get more participation because the external motivators seem to have plateaued a little bit. A hunter himself, Richards believes that hunters feel stewardship for the landscapes where they hunt. His research aims to draw on these feelings to bridge the gap between conservationists and hunters. I really think hunters are conservationists and they're kind of an untapped resource for solving some of these issues. With Utah Public Radio, I'm Caroline Long. This piece is from our partners at UPR. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, October 25th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.